Welcome to the November 11th edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking some exciting key dates for the 2020 slash 2021 NBA season, as well as what implications come with that. I also wanted to give a, a bit of a quick update on the content schedule for the run into opening night. So a little bit of a change now that it's not going to start mid-Jan. So next week, we're going to be talking some rookies, and then hopefully we'll get a little bit of trade talk, probably going to be some trade rumors that we're going to get through. The week following that, uh, we're going to be talking about the Fantasyland draft guide that I'm going to drop probably a couple of days before. And then the week following that, we're going to talk some sleepers and some busts for next season. So the key dates that we're looking at on the run-in. So in a week, we're looking at the... NBA draft, so November 18th is when we're going to be looking at the rookie draft. So this is where we're really going to get the first taste of this year's crops of rookies. Personally, I'm not a massive fan of of the timelines. I think that given the year that we've had and given the year that we're about to embark on, I think that having the rookies first is probably a little bit unfair. I think that teams should be allowed to have a crack at the free agents, should be allowed to have a crack at a couple of different trades before they look at taking on a rookie. You can imagine if you're Golden State and identify that you need a center, if they haven't identified that, they should have. You you may look at signing somebody like Serge Barker. You may look at trying to, I don't know, if Drummond's going to sign his player option, he probably will. But if he doesn't, if you look at somebody like Andre Drummond, then you may be thinking about these things now, you may be talking about them now, and everything is as in place as it can possibly be. But until you can get them to sign, you're not 100% confirmed. Would you then take Wiseman with your, your pick two and then have run the risk of having him sit on the bench? Or do you then bank on the fact that you're going to get surged, take a playmaker in somebody like an Edwards, and then run the risk of having no center at all? I think that... Given the timelines that we've had, given the short turnaround that we've had, I think that it's a little bit it's a little bit risky, it's a little bit unfair to have teams make those leaps without having all of the facts in front of them. But I mean it is what it is. The, the, each team has got the same option. So I think I think the rookie draft's gonna be pretty cool. I um got to have a, a bit of a look at at ball whenever he played in Australia, he, he looks pretty good. I, I personally, I don't know if I would take him with one. I'd be going with somebody like Edwards. But again, it's all about team fit. And if Minnesota want to take him and then move him on after that to, to somebody like the Knicks or somebody who, who really do need a, a, a playmaking guard, then we'll probably see that happen. Just on the, uh, the trade options, normally... Each year, we kind of roll in with the same um, collective bargaining agreement, and as soon as the the season finishes, we can really start talking trades, and teams can start making moves for the next year. Obviously, that's changed with a shortened year, with a year with only a limited amount of of travel, a limited amount of people to to be at the games, if anything. So, uh, a new CBA has had to be put into place. They have just confirmed that over the last couple of days. Um, so the new salary cap's done. The new luxury tax figures are done for the season. So we should really be looking at 
trades coming through over the next couple of days. Um, so it'll be really cool to see how those shape up. There's some growing speed about CP3 to uh, to Phoenix. Like to see how that one that one plays out. There's um, a little bit of stuff about Kelly Oubre to to the Warriors. I'd like to see that too. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on, but, um, but yeah, we we should be able to start that sort of stuff coming up really really soon. November twentieth. That's when the free agency starts, so 6 p.m., I think, Eastern time in the U.S., um, and then two days after that is when free agents can actually sign their deals. Best free agents that we're looking at, obviously, there's a number that won't necessarily be a factor. People like AD, he's on a player option, will re-sign. Uh, Brandon Ingram, he's he's a restricted, so I expect that he's going to he's going to stay with uh, with New Orleans. DeRozan, he's going to pick that up. Um, Drummond, Haywood, they'll pick theirs up as well. So the the ones that are probably going to be more of a factor. You're looking at Fred VanVleet. I've made it known I'm a big fan of his. I think he will move on from. Toronto, I think he could end up somewhere like the Knicks. Uh, I think he'll do a lot of good there. I think he's a, a really good two-way guard. He hustles really well. So that'll be pretty exciting. Looking at Bogdan Bogdanovich, again, he's restricted, but I think that there'll be some movement with him. Um, either him or Heald, one of those two will go. Goran Dragic, Danilo Gallinari, Davis Bertans, um, Joe Harris, Still looking at players again, Serge Barker, Christian Wood, these players that could make a bit of an impact depending on where they land. Um, Jeremy Grant, um, he's going to be a, a very, very interesting one. He's got a player option, which I suspect he'll decline. I think he's on. I think he's owed maybe $9 million in the upcoming season. I think he's probably going to chase something double to that, which, I mean, he played fantastic last year, so I think he'll get so. Again, next week, I think we're going to see a lot more movement. We're going to see a lot more talking. So, uh, be pretty cool to to start looking at what that shapes up to be for the week following. December one, training camps open. This is an underrated date, in my opinion. I think for big fantasy lovers, I think you got to really, really look at this date. This is when we're going to get a look at. All of the different rumors, all of these different sleepers, all of these different busts, all of these different gut feelings that you've got about players, lineups, positions, minutes, and you're going to see those sort of things being spoken about a bit more by journalists and by the media close to these sides. I mentioned last week on the podcast about Luke Kennard playing a few more PG minutes. This is where we're going to start finding this out. So he'll either be running with the first unit with the ball in his hand, or he won't be. And that's going to give you confirmation as to where you take him. The same with New York. Does Mitchell Robinson start? Does Dennis Smith Jr. start? Like, what does that look like? Well, how many minutes are they going to be playing? What does John Wall look like? Obviously, he's what feels like a decade out of the NBA. Is he still going to be relevant? Does he look fit? Does he look as though he, he plays well with the team? Is he somebody that you're going to take early? KD, much the same. Victor Oladipo, does he have his explosive pace? Like These are the sort of things that we're going to look at. And the training camps is where we're really going to get to, to see all this goodness. The one real shame that we're missing out of these dates um, is Summer League. So Summer League is, is one that I really, really love. You get to watch all of these players that are, are probably unknown to a lot of the other managers in your leagues. 
and you get to pick up a little a little bit of insight into what these players are going to look like come opening night, these first year, second year, third year players, and really, you know, pick up a couple of sleepers. So we do miss out on that this year, but everybody's in the same position, unfortunately. December 4, December 21. This is not a, an NBA one that they've given out, but obviously this is where we're going to start doing some bulk fantasy drafts. Probably the best nights of the year we're looking at fantasy drafts. Personally, I'm looking to enter as many as possible. So if you have any spare ones, hit me up. I'd love to join at Mark Fantasyland on Twitter. Let me know. I'd be keen to, to jump in. Then on December 22nd, we are looking at opening night. I think they're still releasing the opening night matches as well as the, the schedule to follow. But what we do know is this season, we're going to have a 72-game season. It is only 72 days since the finals finished as well, which is a, a, a nice coincidence. Regular season is going to finish May 16, and the playing tournament is going to be seeds 7 to 10, which I think they're working out some finer details for. But that's really cool. I, I'm very, very excited about that. I think that the the shorter season works works well. It puts us on track to start the following season when we need to. It also gives us um, the best opportunity for the the players to get to their respective countries and compete in the Olympics as well, which is, is nice to see. So the implications. The biggest implications that we're looking at with a start date so recent. So comparing the, the turnaround time, as I said, 72 days since the finals finished, that's 45% shorter than what we had the season before. So it works out to be something like, I think last season between Toronto winning and first game, I think it was something like 18 weeks. Now we're looking at 10 weeks or 10 weeks in a couple of days. So that's 45% less rest than players who went deep into the postseason are going to get. So I have a few concerns around that. The main one is LeBron James. He has mentioned that he's likely to cherry pick the first half of the year. He said it in jest, but I kind of believe him. The The man is old and the man is still super athletic, but why risk him? It makes zero sense for him to play these early pointless games whenever he's obviously only there to win championships. In my eyes, I don't think that you can take the risk drafting him in the first couple of rounds. I think if you're willing to take the risk, go for it. I will not, but... Yeah, I, I reckon he's a, a mid-20s or later guy, which if you can get him there and he ends up playing the games, you've probably got yourself the, the entire season. I just don't know if I'll be able to take that risk. On that, I got hit up on Twitter by uh, by Dandy Longlegs asking about what happens if LeBron sits. Thank you very much for the question, mate. I, I do love it whenever, whenever people are, are kind of listening and uh, feeding a bit of information back. It's very, very cool. I think that's... AD is only going to be better for it. There is going to come a time in the next year, two, three years, that the team transitions from a LeBron team to an AD team. And this could just be the the reason to do it. I think AD was already a top two pick. He was maybe just a shade under James Harden. I think Harden is the 
categorical number one. But I think AD is going to be presented with some absolute monster games. Games where he goes for 40, 10, 5, 5, and 5 on some ridiculous percentages. So AD is still a top two pick in almost every single format. On the picks, again, I got hit up on uh, on Facebook by Hayden Byron about the best draft spot. So I know that a few of the leagues that I'm in, they do the, the draft spots in advance. So they do it a, a week or two in advance so the players have uh, an opportunity to do a bit of research. But I also do know that there are some that don't have that, that you find out the draft position on the night of your draft. In either situation, I think that you ideally want a top top far top six pick I'll say top six pick I think that there is a within the top 10 and in the top 20 I, I think that there is three tiers that you got Harden and AD at the top two spots then from there I think you've got Lillard Steph Kat and Luca depending on you can put them in whatever order you want then personally I think it drops off quite a bit I think anybody could be you know, seven through to 20 based on your strategy. You might want to take somebody like Jokic at seven. You might want to take somebody at Giannis at seven. You might even want to go with somebody like Gobert at seven, depending on what sort of game and what sort of um, strategy you want to commit to. I mentioned just before about the play-in tournament. So that's for the the seven to 10 seeds. And I think that that's a really cool addition. I, I thought it worked really well in Orlando, and I think that it's going to make for a really competitive season. I think that the ones with playoff ambition that maybe couldn't get there, you know, Phoenix obviously just missed out. You had Memphis who very unluckily missed out, but you'll have teams that would normally sit at 10, 11, 12 that will be pushing really hard to to get their name up there and to get get their sponsors up there, get their their players into the playoffs to to get that sort of win and to build that momentum into the following year. Which is really cool. I think that there's always that concern about, you know, all the players on rubbish teams and do they get seventy five percent of the way through the season, pick up a niggle and and sit. I don't think we're going to see that this year. I think it's going to be really nice to have all your players playing the entire way through and into the fantasy playoffs. The NBA have also confirmed less travel, which is good. So they're looking at, say, doing a a trip to, say, you're going to Atlanta. You play Atlanta one night and then have a night off and play Atlanta again the night after, which... Is good and bad. You might then see somebody like LeBron miss both Atlanta games or you might see, say, Phoenix play Atlanta, lose the first game, but then they get two days to play, two days and then they play them again and get that redemption game. So they're traditionally, they've been really good in kind of working out travel schedules and making sure that it works really well. Um, and it looks like they're going to do it again this year. They've got 14 back-to-back sets, which... Is not horrible. Obviously, you want to try and minimize those as much as you can because you've got players that you, you'd like to avoid there. Your Embiid, your Kawhi's again, your LeBron's I'm kind of really half on him here, but it's shaping up to be a really, really nice season on that. I think that's all of the dates covered. If I have missed anything, I do apologize, but 
Again, I am I'm really looking forward to talking some rookies next week, a little bit of trades, and then might even see how we go with the uh, the draft guide and drop that a little bit early and see if there's any questions that, that come up about that. In the meantime, I've um, committed to a couple of keeper leagues, so you'll probably see some things from me on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram just with regards to a couple of different trades. Um, I, I do like getting a bit of input because some are really, really 49 to 51% sort of things, like how do you, how do you split it? So getting that feedback is really nice. And if you've got any questions for me, please do shoot them through to fantasyland at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at Mark Fantasyland. Again, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Subscribe.